Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one is BTC at $22,007.09, up 3.05%. Ethereum at number two, $1,203.48, up 3.87%. Tether at number three, $0.99. USD coin number four, $1. BNB at number five, $221.41, up 2.33%. Binance USD, $1. Cardano at number seven, 48 cents, up 6.24%. XRP at number eight, 31 cents, up 4.64%. Number nine, Solana at $29.53, up 7.3%. And number 10, Polkadot at $7.43, up 7.97%. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So what we got today is extreme fear at 7. And yesterday was extreme fear at 8. Last week is extreme fear at 17. And last month was extreme fear at 14. So let's take a look at our five articles today. Article number one between Ethereum and its merge, what is stopping ETH's recovery on the charts? Article two, the biggest corporate holder of Bitcoin is facing a reckoning. Article three, Coinbase and its CEO are melting down. Article four, S&P 500 bear market deepens further ahead of the Fed meeting. And last but not least, the main topic today is what happens if Bitcoin falls below $20,000? So before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been supporting me. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And if you're in the YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. So let's get into it, everyone. Article number one, between Ethereum and its merge, what is stopping ETH's recovery on the charts? Ethereum's ETH much-awaited merge is here, and it is here to create the much-anticipated shift in paradigm. Example. The shift from proof of work to proof of stake. Much has been said about ETH's merger. However, has the token fared amid the ongoing changes to the network? Well, let's find out. A gloomy day for ETH. On 9th of June, uh, Ethereum developers successfully merged the Ropsten testnet with the beacon chain and changes to the execution layer are expected to come at a later stage. However, the ETH token didn't seem to be quite affected by the movements on the network. At the time of writing, the ETH token stood at a value of $1,666 and has been trading 6.9% lower in the last 24 hours. The relative strength index also stood at 34.09, indicating that losses are greater than the gains of the token. The awesome oscillator, too, flashed a red bar after a series of green bars, but all below the zero line. Wait, there's more. As per data from the Glass Node, ETH's exchange net flow stood at a positive value of $24.8 million, indicating that more and more people are sending in their tokens into exchanges than sending out of exchanges. To add to the aforementioned information, the ETH miner revenue also hit a 16-month all-time low of $929,437. The last ETH mining revenue all-time low of $937,486 was recorded on the 27th of June, 2021. The ETH MVRV ratio also dropped below 1 and stood at 0.99, indicating that the token is held at a severe loss and that the bears capturing ETH are stronger than ever. 
As per additional data, the NVT ratio of the token on 10th of June further stood at 43.28, thus strengthening the ETH bears at the time of writing. The performance of the token on a social front wasn't its best either. The social dominance of the ETH token stood at a high of 12.14%, keeping in mind the disappointing performance of the token. Furthermore, the social volume of the token also stood at 1 point or 1,496 ETH at the time of writing. So talk of the Twitter town, despite the not so impressive performance of the altcoin king, investors of the token are trying to look beyond the ongoing blood path and focusing on the ETH 2.0 unlock. One such crypto holder was Lark Davis who posted in favor of the ETH on 11th of June. I'm still holding a portion of my Ethereum short-term DPEG from ETH does not change the value on the ETH 2.0 unlock. Another crypto investor, the Martini guy, took low ETH as an opportunity to stack up more of the token. I am stacking cheap. Thus, investor sentiment remained positive and bullish on the whole despite the disappointing performance of the token. But will the token run towards the bulls? Only a matter of time will find out. So there you guys have it. Between Ethereum and its merge, what is stopping its recovery on the charts? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, article number two, the biggest corporate holder of Bitcoin is facing a reckoning. MicroStrategy is famous for owning more Bitcoin than any other publicly traded company. As of June 14, the Virginia-based business intelligence company holds 129,000 218 bitcoins, more than two and a half times as much as Tesla, the largest uh, Bitcoin owner. That Bitcoin is now worth about $2.9 billion, less than half of the roughly $6 billion it was worth just two months ago. MicroStrategy chief Michael Saylor believes so deeply in the promise of the primordial cryptocurrency that the company took out a $205 million loan from Silvergate Bank to buy $190 million worth of Bitcoin in April. But since then, the cryptocurrency market, which was already slumping, has gone into free fall. Bitcoin needs to cut in half for around $21,000 before we'd have a margin call. MicroStrategy President Fong Les said in May during an earnings call. But that's exactly what happened. In the two months since MicroStrategy's latest Bitcoin purchase, the cryptocurrency lost more than half of its value. As of June 14, MicroStrategy has lost $1.1 billion on its Bitcoin bet and now may have to post more collateral on their loan. According to the terms of MicroStrategy loan agreement with Silvergate Bank, a margin call would be triggered if Bitcoin falls below $21,000 per coin, which depending on your data source, it might have already done. The website CoinGecko clocked Bitcoin's low at $21,046.95 around 10 p.m. Eastern on June 13. But Bloomberg reported the low at $20,824. MicroStrategy did not respond to a request for comment, and a spokesperson for Silvergate Bank declined to comment for this story. While it's unclear whether or not the margin call will happen, MicroStrategy's response to the Bitcoin downturn could augur how a broader set of companies that have muddled their finances with crypto, including Tesla, will navigate the ongoing crypto winter. MicroStrategy's Bitcoin bet, MicroStrategy, which launched in 1989 and develops data mining tools to help businesses make decisions, bought its first 21,454 Bitcoins for $250 million in August 2020. 
citing worries that the U.S. dollars would lose value due to the pandemic, government stimulus spending, and political uncertainty around the world. This investment reflects our belief that Bitcoin, as the world's most widely adopted cryptocurrency, is a dependable store of value and an attractive investment asset with more long-term appreciation potential than holding cash, Saylor wrote in a statement at the time. MicroStrategy wasn't the only publicly traded company to bet on Bitcoin. Jack Dorsey run payments block, uh, then called Square, bought $50 million in Bitcoin on October 2020 as a hedge against market downturns. And Elon Musk's Tesla bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin by February 2021 to give itself more flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash, according to an SEC filing. But no other company has invested in cryptocurrencies as aggressively as MicroStrategy. The company bought more than $1 billion by the end of 2020. And then after Bitcoin's price surged above $50,000 for the first time in February 2021, it bought another $1 billion in a single day. In a statement announcing the purchase, Saylor said MicroStrategy had two corporate strategies of similar importance, growing our enterprise analytics software business and acquiring and holding Bitcoin. MicroStrategy has now spent more than $4 billion on Bitcoin, which is more than twice as much as the company's $1.7 billion market capitalization. Along the way, MicroStrategy transformed itself from a middling software company into a stock trader vehicle to speculate on the future value of Bitcoin. Unfortunately for MicroStrategy, it made the bulk of its Bitcoin purchases as crypto markets neared their peak. Plus, institutional and investors have piled into the crypto market, linking the fate of Bitcoin with trends in traditional financial markets. As a result, cryptocurrencies have turned out to be a lousy hedge against inflation and market turmoil. As of June 14, MicroStrategy's crypto hoard is worth about $1.1 billion less than what the company paid for it. MicroStrategy's unrealized gain loss on the Bitcoin investment. But even as Bitcoin has tumbled, MicroStrategy has continued to invest. Our strategy with Bitcoin has been to buy and hold. So to the extent we have excess cash flows or we find other ways to raise money, we continue to put it into Bitcoin, Chief Financial Officer Fong Le told the Wall Street Journal in January. Will MicroStrategy face a margin call? This week, Saylor told the journal that he doesn't think a margin call will happen but caveated that the company has plenty of additional collateral should we need to post more in a June 14 tweet. Saylor said MicroStrategy has anticipated volatility and structured its balance sheet so that it could continue to huddle through adversity. Mark Palmer, an equity research analyst at the financial services firm BTIG, told Reuters, he says, no circumstance in which MicroStrategy is going to need to sell any of its Bitcoin holdings. Palmer said that if needed, MicroStrategy has enough unencumbered Bitcoin to post as additional collateral. MicroStrategy Bitcoin bet, which once helped the stock jump nearly 10 times its value between February 2020 and February 2021, has now dragged it down. The stock's price fell 72% in the last six months, though it rose 1.5% on June 14, despite its specter of a margin call. In the long run, it seems MicroStrategy's fate appears more tethered to the caprices of Bitcoin, an unregulated and highly volatile alternative currency than to the company's core business. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? The biggest corporate holder of Bitcoin is facing a reckoning comment down below and let me know what you guys think.
All right. Let's keep on going. Article number three, Coinbase and its CEO are melting down. Like many crypto-dependent companies, Coinbase is having a tough time lately. But is that a good reason to demean your employees in public? Well, for a time, Coinbase looked like one of the great success stories of the cryptocurrency era. The company built one of the best known and most reliable crypto exchanges in the world, although most of its customers are in the U.S. Its assets under management ballooned from $11 billion to, in 2018, $223 billion in 2021. And its initial public offering in April 2021 was exquisitely timed to harness Bitcoin's upward trajectory. The Observer included Coinbase in its 2022 list of the most important companies in decentralized finance. But the fall in crypto market has taken a heavy toll on Coinbase. Its stock is worth about one-fifth of what it's worth on January 1st. This morning, June 14, the company said in a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission that it will be laying off approximately 1,100 employees or 18% of the company's workforce. It's not surprising that this environment makes people cranky. Late last week, an anonymous petition claiming to be from Coinbase employees calling for the removal of several top executives. The petition mentioned the failure of Coinbase's NFT platform, low-quality products, unrealistically aggressive hiring, and rescinding job offers. In response, CEO Brian Armstrong issued a remarkable Twitter storm. In the beginning, this is really dumb on multiple levels. Armstrong taunted the petition writer saying, if you have no confidence in execs or CEO of a company, then why are you working at that company? Quit and find a company to work at that you believe in. While it may be admirable for Armstrong to defend his team, many observers on Y Combinator and elsewhere argue that publicly berating employees is not a great managerial tactic. Charlie Warzo, who writes the Galaxy Brain newsletter, said that this morning, this is a poor and ineffective management style that is usually only thinly disguised by the executive's cult of personality. In a message to employees announcing today's layoffs, Armstrong explained that newly severed employees were notified via their personal email because they were cut off from the company's systems, essentially because he didn't trust them. Given the number of employees who have access to sensitive customer information, it was unfortunately the only practical choice to ensure not even a single person made a rash decision that harmed the business or themselves, he wrote. So there you guys have it. Coinbase and its CEO are melting down. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right. Before we get into round two of the articles, just want to say thank you so much to everyone. I've been getting a lot of messages and a lot of comments in the videos and podcasts about Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Again, this uh, crypto news uh, podcast and video channel is about for and against crypto. So it's all unbiased. Again, if you have friends or family that are interested in crypto takes, please send them my way to Dave's Daily Crypto Take on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and in the YouTube space, like, share, and subscribe. All right, let's get into it. Article number four, S&P 500 bear market deepens further ahead of the Fed meeting. Stocks seesawed between gains and losses after Monday's painful sell-off, which put the S&P 500 into a bear market. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, S&P 500, and NASDAQ Composite all opened higher on Tuesday, but the NASDAQ was the only index to close higher, up 19 points or 18%, 0.18%, 
The S&P 500 closed down about 14 points or 0.4%, while the Dow closed down 151 points or 0.5%. Since Friday's inflation report revealed that inflation hasn't hit an inflection point yet, investors weighed in on how aggressively the Federal Reserve will act to lower inflation ahead of its key rate decision due Wednesday. So what will happen at the Fed meeting? Before Friday, investors, by and large, believed that the Fed would raise interest rates by 50 basis points, as Chairman Jerome Powell said last month, that a 75 basis point increase is not something that the committee is actively considering. But he said that the new economic data, which demonstrates that inflation hasn't peaked, could prompt the central bank to consider a heftier rate hike. That's prompted a handful of economists, including those from JP Morgan, Barclays, and Jefferies, to predict a 75-point hike. Marcus believe the Fed is going to need a bigger boat, in other words, a bigger number of rate hikes to try to slow demand and control inflation. Christina Hooper, chief global market strategist at Invesco, said in a blog post referring to a quote from the movie Jaws. That realization initially took hold on Friday, she said. But while bigger rate hikes could help slow inflation into also increases the risk that the Fed could choke the U.S. economic cycle and cause a recession. Cooper said. That's because rising interest rates make it more expensive for U.S. customers to borrow money and repay debt. That also ties down more money consumers could be investing. Crypto is crashing as bond yields soar. The cryptocurrency continued to swing. They've been among the hardest hit in this year's sell-off for markets as the Federal Reserve and other central banks raise interest rates to rein in inflation and forcefully turn off the easy mode that helped prop up markets for years. Bitcoin was down 4.3% in the afternoon trading at around $22,207, according to Coindesk. It fell overnight to nearly 70%, below its record of $68,990 set late last year. Offering some support to the market was a report that showed inflation at the wholesale level was a touch lower in May than expected. Though it remains very high, it could be an indication that wholesale inflation peaked in March, according to Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital Management. Treasury yields continue to climb with a two-year yield touching its highest level since November 2007. Before the financial crisis, according to TradeWeb, the 10-year yield reached its highest level during the day since April 2011. They also had a relatively reliable warning signal of recession in the bond market flashing on and off. In afternoon trading, the yield on the 10-year treasury had climbed back above the two-year yield at 3.49% versus 3.43%. That's typically how things look in the bond market. In the usual circumstances and unusual, where the two-year yield tops the 10-year yield, some investors see it as a sign that a recession may be hitting in about a year or two. It's called an inverted yield curve, and it's been flashing on and off intermittently over the last day. So there you guys have it. S&P 500 bear market deepens further ahead of the Fed meeting. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, last but not least, the main topic today is what happens if Bitcoin falls below $20,000? Bitcoin is down nearly 30% in the past week. Some experts believe it can still go lower. So as bearish sentiment floods financial markets, experts are weighing in on whether Bitcoin will plunge below the $20,000 mark and what might happen if it does. 
Bitcoin now firmly in a bear market is currently trading at just above $22,000, a remarkable fall from its all-time high price of nearly $69,000, and a drop that most observers attribute to worsening macroeconomic conditions such as rising inflation and interesting rates. At the moment, all eyes are on the $20,000 price line, not only because it's a significant psychological resistance level, but also because it represents the peak of Bitcoin's last bull run in 2017. In prior bear markets, Bitcoin has never fallen below the price marked by the previous bull run's peak. The difference this time, however, is that Bitcoin has a lot less distance to travel to cross that mark. Swan Bitcoin analyst Sam Callahan believes that based on experience from previous bear markets, it's possible that Bitcoin could drop more than 80% from its all-time high, as it did in December 2018, when it fell to just above $3,000. That would mean Bitcoin falling as low as $13,800 this cycle. But Callahan isn't, isn't all that worried if it does. It's important to note that Bitcoin's investor base is very different and more sophisticated compared to previous bear markets, Callahan said. If Bitcoin dropped below $20,000, I think we would see substantial buying pressure at those discounted price levels because Bitcoin's long-term value proposition remains intact. Yuya Hasegawa, a cryptocurrency market analyst for Japanese crypto exchange BitBank, shares this sentiment. Last month, Hasegawa told Decrypt that Bitcoin could plunge to as low as $12,200 during this bear market, but now her outlook is more optimistic. I think Bitcoin could go under 20K temporarily, but will likely recover the level around it quickly, Hasegawa told Decrypt via email. Not everyone is so optimistic. Marcus Sotero, an analyst in that UK cryptocurrency firm Global Block, believes that there could be more downside if Bitcoin falls below the $20,000 mark. Sotero pointed out to the controversy surrounding crypto lending company Celsius, the possibility that the company may be insolvent and the apparent liquidity crisis that forced it to pause all user withdrawals earlier this week. Celsius is in big trouble, he told Decrypt via email. And if the whales who have leveraged bets on Bitcoin and Ethereum get liquidated, this would result in further downside. I think many are fearful of a liquidation cascade occurring with the likes of Celsius beginning marketing called and now having a liquidation price of around $17,000 on their BTC position. Sotoro said, forced liquidations occur when investors must unexpectedly and involuntarily close positions on Bitcoin derivatives, products like futures and options, after it accounts hits insufficient collateral to maintain those positions. This kind of forced selling puts additional downward pressure on the price of Bitcoin, which can then drive the price further down and in turn cause more liquidations, hence the cascade. Arthur Hayes, former CEO of BitMEX, likewise highlighted the potential for this kind of risk in a Twitter thread yesterday. Pointing to the crypto derivatives market, Hayes noted that most open interest, the number of futures and options contracts yet to be settled, are currently at $20,000 for Bitcoin and $1,000 for Ethereum. The closer the market approaches these levels, the more traders with open positions will need to sell their crypto in the spot market to hedge their positions, Hayes explained. And if those levels break, we can expect massive sell pressure in the market, said Hayes. How bad could that get? If it happens, Hayes said to crypto traders, you might as well shut down your computer because your charts will be useless for a while. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? What happens if Bitcoin falls below $20,000? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right. Let's take a look at the prices one last time before we head out. 
that number one, BTC is at $22,007. Ethereum at $1,203. Tether, 99 cents. USD coin, $1. BNB, $221. Binance USD, $1. Cardano at 48 cents. XRP at 31 cents. Solana at $29. And last but not least, Polkadot at $7.43. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Again, catch me on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you're in the YouTube space, like, share, and subscribe. Other than that, I hope all of you have a great crypto day and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.